Recorded live. On record, I'm Brother Priest. Today is May 7, 2018. <clears throat> this is See the Thought. I am unable to see who's on the line. Um, can people uh, give us a shout out to let us who know let us know who's on the line? Shalom, Sister Shanice. Shalom, Mr. Brother Shah. I'm going on the record. I'll get Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Thank you all for being here. And um, last week, I was really uh, out of it. And I just ran out of energy. And it was a lousy feeling. Felt very um, not well. But I rested up. Got some food and I was good. So I am still dealing with mother in law issues, which are um, but nonetheless, uh, continue to march forward. So you got to excuse uh, me being Bill, but <clears throat> I went over what it is that I need to, to discuss today. So I have it in my brain, which is what I do every week. Um, I always go over. It, I take about two to three hours to prepare before every class before the class. So I already I already have it written down what we're supposed to discuss and where we're at and then I just go over it and think about it for a couple of hours to make sure I get my mind straight and um and prepared to speak on it. And thus far I've been doing this for seven years and uh I've been able to do it. I I never would have thought that I could uh, do it. Um, I just didn't know I had it in me, but Lord bless me. So uh, we were here a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to have to talk loud just to make sure you all hear me. We were here a couple of weeks ago, but... Last week, I did create Keys to the Kingdom um, inside of the university. I still got to straighten some things out. I realized, so you all got to forgive me, um, I got a lot of configurations and things that I got to straighten out, but I realized that I got some messages in the university that they're not going. They they used to go to a phone alert 
I used to get a phone alert, but something happened where the the phone alert uh, disconnected. So you all got to forgive me. I didn't know, and uh, it's a lot on me. But, you know, please forgive me. You know, we all make mistakes. God knows. The Lord knows I make a lot of mistakes. But this one wasn't really, I don't know how this happened, where it got disconnected, but I don't know. So, um, has anybody seen this new Avengers movie? Does it? Somebody did? No, sir, I, I have not. This is what I've seen. I, I have not seen it. Okay. Has any, has has anybody does anybody know anybody that's seen the movie? Have you heard? Has anybody heard anybody talking about the movie? Social yes, media. I, I, oh, okay. What have you heard, brother? Shalom, Mark. Um, I heard I heard a couple of people said is uh is very scary. Um, they said it it really will shake the boots out of you. Um, but it has a whole lot of different meanings in it. I didn't get a chance to watch it yet, but I will be. Well, I'm asking because before the movie came out, um, this is a side note, by the way. I just wanted to mention this. Before the movie came out, they were advertising it, saying that this was going to be the biggest movie of all time and that it was projected to be anyway. Then they say that it broke the records, the first two records, uh, for the first weekend release and the second weekend release as the biggest movie ever. Now, my thing is, that's awful strange, but I think that if it's true, I kind of don't really believe it, but... I think that if it's true, it's got to be because Black Panther is in this movie. It's got to be. But I just wanted to throw that out there. So anyway, um, inside of the university, you have keys to the kingdom, and I'm going to start posting more things in there uh, and on, on the Facebook group that are dealing with more uh, fundamentals of the faith that are very important that I haven't dealt with like this in the past because it was not time. It wasn't time, but the time is now. And as tough as things have been for me in my personal life, for some reason I just feel more empowered. And um, I feel a different spirit. I feel the time has come. And the spirit has been upon me to preach this word in a different way. Um, Well, not a different way, but just make it a little more fundamental and plain. So a couple of weeks ago, we were dealing with 
how Jewish people became the face of the Jew. Um, Sister Shanice, can you give us uh, a review of uh, what we were speaking of? Okay, you were explaining how the how they came to seek how they came to seek asylum, and the this the Hebrews at that time was teaching them, and they kind of picked up their lifestyle, and they kind of and they made it into a religion, and it was retroactive. I remember you saying that. Uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, do you understand it? Does it make sense to you? Yes, it does. Okay, great, great, great. So let me start right there because essentially it was 1096 A.D. So we're in 2018 A.D. So we're talking about a little less than a thousand years ago, maybe around a thousand years ago, that these Jewish people became the face of the Jew. And I think what's even even more interesting is that they weren't even in Jerusalem at that time um, when Yeshua walked the earth. They weren't even there. And so not only it was the, it was the nationality of the people in that land. That was the nationality. Well, because the land was called Judah, and so the nationality would have been Judean. Well, I'm sorry, citizenship. Well, same thing. Nationality, citizenship, Judean. And these people that are Khazars, they weren't even there during that time. So that's pretty interesting. Um, did anybody get a chance to review any of the latest posts that I put in the in the keys of the kingdom? I'm looking at I'm looking at um one of the videos now called Wednesday. I'm just getting in there and I'm 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 gonna look at it um, as soon as I can. Okay, did anybody get a chance to? All right. Yes, sir. So, oh, okay. Yes, ma'am. Uh, can you uh, share with us what you uh, reviewed? Well, I'm logging into the university now, but I know I looked at the one about um, Babel, and um, I'm not sure what the first video was. I think I looked at that one as well. 
I don't remember the name of it. Are you talking about the Doctrine of Babel? Yes, I looked at the Doctrine of Babel. We did, and then it was one other one, but I can't remember the name of that one. Okay. Um, well, for those who haven't, you can log into the university and go to the Keys to the Kingdom. This is important because, I, I, I mean, we got to get a, a more broader fundamental comprehension of what went wrong and what is correct. So, with this faith. So, I want to deal with the name of the Almighty. Inside of their, inside of the uh, Facebook group or the uh, or the university, I think there's something entitled God Almighty, and um, it this it explains what I'm about to explain, but I would like to cover it since nobody's um, nobody's uh, reviewed it. Um, all right, here's here's what it is. The in the Bible. You got to remember four words that have been replaced. They are replacement words. That is Lord, God, Jesus, and Christian. Okay, those are four English replacement words. This is important to remember because if we don't know this, uh, believe me, you will be tricked. You'll be fooled. There's a number of words that that the um, Roman Empire removed from all the the books after the King James. Well, first first when King James did King James 1611, then once he was out of the way and basically they killed him, you know, he's dead. And um, once he's out of the way, then they made the King James Version. And what they did was they took out uh, the 14 books to where only they had them, the Roman Empire, only they had them. And one of the motivations for them taking those books out is because it explains what went on in Greece. It explains, it gives you hints about the origin of this modern-day Christian religion It gives you too many hints that if you have the right keys, you will be able to see right through this whole game. And um, and I'm saying straight out, they have perpetuated the biggest hoax known to man ever. And the average individual can't handle this. Because they've all they all believe in this, even if they don't believe in the Bible or believe in a religion, 
they've heard this over and over and over so much that they just either assume that it's real and true or they just disregard it. Okay, so that's important to know. So these four words, well, let me deal with um, the word Lord. So when you're reading the Bible and you see the word Lord, what you're actually seeing is where if, it, if the word is, is by itself, you're actually seeing the word, what we would say in modern-day language, is Jehovah. So Jehovah translates to, to Lord when we're talking about English. Okay, so that's what they did. Now, when we're talking about Hebrew, Jehovah translates to uh, the uh, eternal living one, the eternal, the eternal living one, something like that. All right, now, what happened to the earth is, including Jewish people, people think that this uh, tetragrammaton, this uh, tetragrammaton, which is the four letters. Y-H-W-H in English is Y-H-W-H, and some people say that, that that you pronounce it Yahweh, and then you have a lot of different other pronunciations. Okay, well, the English pronunciation of Y-H-W-H is Jehovah. Now, other dialects of Hebrew they translated, well, let me use the guys on the streets. Uh, I, uh, they say Yahweh. They say Yahweh. So they say that YHWH is Yahweh. Yahweh. Okay? But you got other different translations. Uh, but let me assure you of the of the real uh, translation would probably be more like Yahuwah, Yahuwah, Yahuwah. And the reason why I'm saying this is because the ancient language didn't write vowels or didn't write all of the vowels, but the pronunciation was still there. So if I say Yeshua, I'm saying yeah. Y E. Why am I not saying Yah? Y A H. I'm gonna tell you why I'm not because because the real truth behind it is the people that are saying Yahshua. This is gonna be kind of. I'm just gonna say it. They're deifying Yeshua. They're trying to make him into the Most High. They're trying to make Jesus or the actual man, Yeshua, they, try, they, they put the Yah instead of the Yeh so that you can look at him as though he is the most high. So they want you to worship the same Jesus character. They just want to change it to the Hebrew language and say Yah. 
And Yah, again, is short for Jehovah, Jehovah, meaning the eternal living one, translated to mean the Lord, or Lord. <coughs> Brother Eric, did that make sense? Yes, sir. Can you explain it? Uh, well, basically, they if if they saying they how they saying it, they basically still well. In, to me, it was I broke it down. They basically in the idol god worship were trying to put uh, one as the uh, the Christ and and God as one. Instead of dealing with the laws separating the two, uh, with the pronunciation, with that I use. Thank you, sir. Very well put. Yeah, that's that's it. Now, of course, they're not gonna tell you that up front, straight out like that. But it, but you can see it once you step back and look at it. You can see that that's exactly what it is. It basically just how the brother just said it. That's a good way to say it. Because they basically just tried to create another trinity. They basically just trying to worship him all over again. And Yeshua was never supposed to be worshipped. He was not and is not the Most High Almighty. And he never said he was. Some people can't handle that. That's too much for some people. Um, well, Amia, what are your thoughts on it? Well, um, that's why, uh, in the book of Matthew, it said, uh, my father is greater than I, um, to separate the two. He was trying to give our people a better understanding, um, when it comes to, uh, the creator itself, um, to show proof that, hey, look. I'm I'm no match to who you you claiming that I am. Um, he was trying to get them to realize, like, look, stop committing the idolatry, stop committing this this transgression of the law, and come back into the fold and let's follow the law. And I yield. Very very well put, brother. Very well put. One moment. Okay, that was very, very well put, brother. So, when you look at the word Lord, you're really looking at Jehovah. So, another way to say it would be, um, what am I saying with these guys? Oh, Yahweh. I'm saying the proper pronunciation is Yahuwah. Okay, Yahuwah, Yahuwah, or Yahuwah. Those are two different kinds of uh, Hebrew dialects. But the reason why I want to make this really, really clear is that when you're saying yeah, yeah, and yeah, the, the problem becomes the A 
and the letter E were attached for centuries. They were the, they were the same letter. And, you know, you can easily get that confused. Moses used, they call this the uh, Tetragrammaton. The four letters are called the Tetragrammaton, Jehovah or Yahweh or Yahuwah. And they say that that's the name of the Almighty. It is not the name of the Almighty. There's a name for the Most High Almighty, and then there are attributes. Yahuwah is an attribute. So let me explain why. The original law existed. The, the law that, Mo, that Moses had on the tablets, 613 laws, statutes, and commandments, the Ten Commandments, the law that was on the tablets existed before he lived by hundreds of years. It was called the oral law. So they spoke it. They spoke the law amongst themselves. But when you get to the time of Moses, it became a time um, that the laws, they needed to be written down as a reminder for these knuckleheads, Israelites. So Yahuwah is an attribute and the actual real definition of that word and that term is eternal living one or the one that's forever. It's like saying you have a supreme being. You know, it is a description. It is not the name. It is a description. The reason why it's a description is because Moses was unfamiliar with Hebrew culture when he was called to office. So, in a way, it's him giving that description while he's learning the real Hebrew faith from the people he was leading. Um, Let me see. Brother Martavius, did that make sense? Yes, sir. Can you explain it? I think he just, um, brother, actually, um, I missed the last few, um, right when you called my name, I missed the, missed the last few, um, seconds of what you were saying. 
Okay, just hold tight. I'll come back to you. So, what what the Hebrew culture has been is that there is a name for the Almighty, and then there are attributes that are used as supplements for a name. And the reason why is because what ha- what was happening then and what is happening today is that the people would take the name of the creator and then they would make mischief. They would they used it in vain, meaning they used it for vain purposes. They still use it for vain purposes because most of them do not know that Yahuwah or Jehovah is not the name. It's an attribute. So what they have done is they have separated, divided, and conquered their own people because of different pronunciation and different dialects of Hebrew. So they'll say that they, that they're superior to you because they say Yahweh. So they're the only ones that know the real pronunciation and if you don't pronounce it like this, then you're not in the truth. Okay, well, that's not the actual real pronunciation. Now, I'm saying Yahuwah, but let me just make this also clear. The real pronunciation was actually, there's actually probably thousands of combinations of vowels, it, I'm, I'm going to say thousands, but it's probably close to a thousand or more. There's too many combinations of vowels that can go between Y, H, W, H. There's too many combinations. This was done intentionally because you've got to understand People love to make mischief, love to get a grab on something and say that they got the secret, particularly back then, particularly back then, because you still have this now today, but the, but the whole uh, state of mind, let me just take you into the state of mind of the people that they were around back then some 3,000 years ago. Just think about this. What was happening was there was a whole bunch of God's and God's stories, and all over the planet. We're just reading about our people when we read the scriptures. But there were all types of created gods, right? But there were also a lot of demons that were being worshipped. And they always said that if you get the the secret pronunciation of the name of this demon or the secret pronunciation of the name of this God, then you would be bestowed with all the power that they had. So if it was wicked, demonic power, if it was being able to fly, if it was being able to, I don't know, levitate, um, whatever. 
If you could get that, they tried to do this with Abraham, by the way, because Abraham is worshipped. Even to this day, Abraham is worshipped in other cultures. But when you hear the, the term abracadabra, that's actually Abraham's name. And what they did was <clears throat> they said if you could pronounce abracadabra, it would magically open up uh, mystical powers for you. Kind of like the same, you know what, same powers as a genie, like Aladdin in the lamp. You you would have to, if you could say this name, if you could say abracadabra or you could say whatever name or some god or some demon, you would get these powers. Rumpelstiltskin. Okay. I don't really know nothing about Rumpelstiltskin, but um, whatever it is, yeah, okay, so, yes. Now, among us, we understood that we respected the name of the Almighty, and we wanted to keep it sacred. Not secret, but we just didn't speak it out in public. We didn't use it in common, everyday conversations. So we would use replacement words. We would use descriptions. Because if you can see what I'm saying, it is too easy. It is too easy to make mischief as this is what has happened with a name. And the same state of mind that people were in all the way back then is the same state of mind that people are in today, even our people, which are saying, oh, I have the magic pronunciation. And, and you don't you you don't know it, and so if you don't pronounce it like this, you're not in the truth. Brother Bradley, um, does it make sense? What are your thoughts? Yes, sir. It's just um, it makes sense. Uh, you know, some things get lost in translation. Uh, intentional. Something we just do it just to be, you know, be the know it all, you know, something. But um, me and uh, me and a sister, sister Shanice, we uh, one of her sons came in the room and he had on like his pants were like raised, they were like a little too short. She she called it flooding, and I was like, you know, what is that? I never heard that term. And she's like, you know, when the uh, Grow out of your pants, you know. They call it flooding. The one from we call it high rollers. You know, it's really the same thing, but you know, it's two different areas. But you know, things get you know lost, like the definition of getting lost, and you know, this this is a different minds coming together or with different intentions with that idea. Yeah, that was great, but that's a great uh, explanation. Yeah, I'm from Detroit. We call it flooding too. And um I I went to New York once and I heard some people calling it high waters and I'm like, What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> high waters. But it's the same name. So yeah, so you get what I'm trying to say. So what we did was we used attributes. Now, 
if you don't know the real culture, you won't understand that. If you just got some made-up religion that you don't made up, you're going to take it, take Jehovah, and make mischief with it. Oh, it's not Jehovah, it's Yahweh. Oh, it's not Yahweh, it's uh, Yahuwah. Okay, well, maybe it is Yahuwah, but whatever the case, just, I mean, damn, man. Just stop. <laughs> damn. All right. So the real name, I'm saying it in English, is Elohim. That is the, now, when I'm talking about, I live with the, um, the, the replacement words. Lord, God, Jesus, and Christian. All right, those words are replacement words. The word God Every time you see the word God in the Bible, is actually translated to replace the word Elohim. Now it would be it would be pronounced differently in Hebrew. It would be like Elohim or whatever, but it's more. It's but my point is I'm going to just say Elohim. Okay. One moment. All right, now, with Elohim, there's a science to it. There's a science to the name. Okay. There's a science to it, and you you really, you got to be careful. Um, we'll talk about the science of the name later. Um, one moment. One moment, please. So, Elohim, there is an advanced science behind this. Um, And it's not to be taken lightly. I'm going to explain some of this to the best of my ability. Um, but just understand This, you, we had a culture, we don't walk around in the public and say what it actually translates to mean the, the, the complete word Elohim means sons of God. Now, we talked about a couple of weeks ago that in the beginning from Adam 
all the way to Abraham, we were known as the sons of God. From Abraham to Saul, we were known as Hebrews. From David to Yeshua, we were known as Jews. Then after that, that's when a lot of us became known as Hebrew Christians, and but really is hidden under Christian. You got to find the uh, history on the Hebrew Christians, but it's there. It's not. It's not like it's too hidden. You just got to know how to find it. So Elohim means the sons of God. Whenever you see the term El, E-L, that, mean, that basically means God. Now, here's the problem. In the Hebrew language, a word would double as a name. Okay, a word. So if I if I took the word E L, which is God, in Hebrew that's a name, but in other languages it's not a name. So like if you go to uh, what is it, Spanish, and you say L, it means the. E L means the. If you go to KL, uh, means the. So AL, Al, the. But in Hebrew, it means God, and it's the name of the Most High. EK, does that make sense? Yeah, it's um. I can see why it's like you can't really talk about it in the public because it can really confuse people. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, I I think um that it's almost like how it's almost like how uh the word Hebrew came to be, where it's like how we discussed about how like. It summarized what we represented as a people, and so it's the same thing as Elohim, meaning like these are the sons of God, but this is the creation that has manifested into the world, so to speak. So one word to sort of kind of, I guess, summarize that whole uh, phenomenon, so to speak, if that may, if that makes sense. So like. Um, and just understanding that going up to the, like the commandments about how like don't take the word of the name that Lord in vain, it's precisely that because everything else, for example, like everything that knowing what Elohim means, meaning the sons of God, that means the sons and daughters of the Most High, took on several attributes that basically summarizes what Elohim basically overall means. So when we have all these different attributes, but we're trying to prescribe it to mean that this is the name of the Most High, that's where it gets this confusion. 
But in reality, every every attribute is describing what Elohim really means in a, in in a in a global context, so to speak. So, um, yeah, that's all I got, brother. And I yield. Thank you, brother. Uh, uh, let me see who else. Oh, the shade, brother priest. Yes. Can I ask you this? Go ahead. Uh, it's just like uh, gaining an understanding of uh, of building the trust. You know, when you have the 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 attributes, which is the surnames or what you call the grantors or the trustees, um, down to the beneficiary, right? Uh, wow, damn. <laughs> Whoa, that just hit me. Yeah, brother. Yeah. Yes. Everybody here can't relate because everybody ain't in first degree, though, brother. But yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Man, that was great. I got to remember that because that was wow. I love that. Um, okay, so look. I'm explaining the history of that also. I've got to travel to go pick up my mother-in-law's medicine. So forgive me for being in the automobile and all of that, but I don't have a choice. I can't, uh, you know, not get her medicine. Anyhow, uh, DeShane, what are your thoughts? Shalom, bro. Um, I guess I would just say, um, we got brothers all around the world who uh, speak different languages and stuff, and we have different walks of life, and we all have a different understanding of knowledge. So we shouldn't be arguing about anything, like, because brothers can know something that we don't know. And I, I just think it's blasphemy even to speak on the Most High in that way. And I don't know, brother. I just. I just, I don't see the point in it. I yield, brother. Yeah, exactly. So, look, if I'm saying, if I'm saying E-L means God, okay, in English, that's how they would translate it, or one way they would translate it. If I say E-L means God, now, let me show you. I don't remember where the exact scripture is. You know, when Yeshua is, is being crucified, he sa- he's saying, Eli, Eli. Whenever you put the letter I at the end of a Hebrew word, when they translate it into English, it means my. Okay? It means my. I means my when you put it on on the Hebrew word and translated it into English. So Eli saying, my God. Now, 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 what it's really saying is the name is a short version of the name, short version of Elohim. Whenever you put I, I am or am at the end of a Hebrew word and you translate it to English, it becomes a plural word. So Elohim is, is technically plural. 
But what the word is is what the word means and what it's saying is that we, the original inhabitants of this earth, we are the gods. And the God is up. Meaning, it's like, look, Adam is the first man, well, not the first man created, but the first prophet. The first people created were called Adam. The first people. The, I'm talking about multiple people. Because the scripture says that man and woman were created at the same time. The prophet Adam and the in and, and Eve that's a description. Uh, again, it's, it's it's a creative description that he was taken that she was taken from his rib. Well, okay. Well, did a woman has one additional rib that a man does not have? That's science. That ain't got nothing to do with my belief. Scientifically, she has an extra rib. Scientifically, also the woman is X Y chromosome. Right? The man is, is XX chromosome. Scientifically, the Y, the Y chromosome is because the X broke. So, again, the woman has one extra um, rib uh, than um, does the man, is the point I'm trying to say. So, we're talking science. It's written in creative language. But those of us that have been in this long enough, we should know this when we get to a certain point in uh, in our lesson. One moment, please. Is is Elohim spelled E L O H I M? That's how you spell it in English. But yes, that's how you spell it in English. Um, just understand, if he's saying, Ellie, Ellie, um, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? He's saying the name. One moment. Okay, um, uh, let me see. Uh, Gavin, what are your thoughts? Yes. Yeah, over um, Shalom Nation, this is Brother Gavin, for the record. Yeah, um, overall, when it comes to, um, you know, the identification of a name versus the title of someone or something objectively, uh, has been misconstrued over the years, whether on purpose or whether mistakenly or uh, misunderstood. It's been used, you know, the title of names or the title of objects or people, person, place, or thing, um, has been compromised by modern-day linguists. And um, you know, it's it's uh, 
people are hijacking culture, you know, like I call them culture, culture vultures, you know what I mean? Um, and create their own subculture or sub uh, uh, way of life that gets away from the original identity or the, the original uh, usage of, you know, using words in this, you know, in the format that we're talking about when it comes to Jesus, God, Christian, and Lord. Um, and we, we, you know, I guess everybody is on the phone as a, being a victim or, or, or even being the, the um, prag, pragmatist of doing so. Either, you know, as we were growing up, going in a different, you know, church denominations or uh, religious organizations that we was affiliated with from children all the way up till now, you know, so uh, overall I get, I get the fact that, um, you know, we have to start to identify more with what these words, when we're using it, what it's really, what we're really actually saying, because words and, um, yeah, words are very powerful. You know, we can create a situation or create um, an idea just from speaking, you know, speaking a specific idea or speaking on a specific um, subject and putting that thought into the into the, the cosmos, you know, into, into out into... As, as ether coming out of our mouth, you know, into the world, we have to be more subjectively, you know, careful how we choose our words wisely, as they say. And with that, I yield. Oh. Yes, sir. I, I do have two uh, questions. From what you were saying before, I was taking some. I forgot to um. What you were saying, you said something about uh, you know, when you the year that it started with uh, it was it ten nineteen? You said the year ten nineteen when the um Jews or the Ashkenazis were taking on the culture of the Hebrew culture. Was that 1096 year AD? It was approximately 1096 AD because officially that's when the declaration of war began um, with the crusade. So it's approximately 1096. Okay. All right. And um... okay. Yes, sir. So. So, okay, now this is kind of really difficult to explain this. So, um, this is not for just anybody. Now, 
I'm just asking that you all reason with it. How I'm going to explain this. Just reason with it. But don't go out here trying to think you some teacher and trying to teach people. You got to – don't do that. Really, really, I'm going to say that if you have not studied something and got some type of acknowledgement from a group of people that show that you are competent, you shouldn't be trying to teach anything. I don't care if it's just how to brush your teeth. You shouldn't even try to teach that unless you got some seal of approval from a group of people that say you are proficient. And I really mean that because a lot of people will read something on the Internet and then they they often talk and call themselves a teacher. That shows their lack of integrity. That shows that they're they're lost in the sauce, man. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. Okay, now, the gods of the earth were the sons of God. The G-O-D-S, lowercase g. These meaning master teachers. So the gods are the sons of God, are our ancient ancestors. So when you hear all these stories about everybody writing a story about these ancient original gods, the original gods of the earth were the descendants of the prophet Adam. Those were the original gods. Meaning, master teachers. I'm not talking about meaning deity. I'm not talking about deity. No. I'm not talking about beings of worship. No. So we got a problem here. Because what people didn't understand where pe- where everybody else was primitive, <coughs> our people built civilization. Now, if you can imagine, you're walking around primitive, and then you, you know, you one day run into a, a city, for lack of a better way to say it, uh, a city. Now, just think about the primitive mind because it's going to be like, where the what the hell is this, man? What are these objects? These bricks? These what is this? So naturally, these people started to think that this stuff came out of the sky. They literally thought that this stuff fell out of the, you know, because there there was like falling, like meteorites and all that stuff back then. It, it was happening then. So naturally, they thought this stuff fell out of the sky, okay, because they didn't know. Their minds weren't as developed as us. Then they see us who know how to do this stuff, and they're like, man, these got to be some type of extraterrestrials. These are some extraterrestrials. This is how they're thinking now. I'm just explaining it to where it makes sense. They wrote this. These people wrote 
they wrote this in, in their own way. Even when they couldn't write, they would draw pictures. And they'd be like, yeah, look at these people, these these uh, these extraterrestrials, okay? So the language we were speaking, today they call it Hebrew, but the language we were speaking, and actually there were some other languages that were around, but I'll, I'll leave those alone. The language we were speaking was basically considered a language that only extraterrestrials speak. Do you see why, Brother E.K.? Yeah, because it was... Well, because there were, obviously there were those who were civilized, those who were uncivilized. So the ones that were civilized, we obviously had they obviously had a language that they each other understood that was extremely foreign to those who were uncivilized. So those who are uncivilized, when they see these people who are civilized conduct themselves, that's when they begin to think and feel like these people are just beyond imagination, like they're extraterrestrial, like they can't be touched, so to speak. So they must be in their own little worlds. So that's where the disconnect could happen. Yes, sir. And brother, can I say something? This brother Shane. Um, when I was a Muslim, I used to ask questions about uh, certain things in at the pyramids in Egypt and stuff. And they used to always the other Muslim brothers used to tell me that those were extraterrestrials who built the pyramid. And it's funny because now that I'm thinking, they was just speaking about us, like that was our people in slavery doing all this stuff. And but in their mind, like you said, all these other nations and stuff, this is what they saw and this is what, you know what I mean? That, it's, just, it's it's crazy, man. That's what they say. Those are extraterrestrials and stuff, but no, and, I, and it never, never, I never sat with that. I never, well, it doesn't even make sense, but that's what they, that's their philosophy. That's what they say, so I yield, brother. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, I've been around a lot of Muslims, but I, you know, I never, I never like got into Islam like that. One moment, half a bottle. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, yeah. So there's a lot of misinterpretations. The only thing that can answer all of the things on the earth, just to keep it real, one hundred. This is not tooting no horn. The only thing that can answer all mm-hmm. of the questions earth is the Hebrew faith. It answers everything because the original civilization on the earth came from Mesopotamia. The Bible, when you're talking about Eden, the Garden of Eden, the Garden Eastward of Eden, when you're talking about the prophet Adam, all of that is the Mesopotamian Empire, which is the oldest civilization on the earth. Now, most people can't stomach that, especially if you come from some Egyptology background. You know, you want the Egyptians to be the first civilization on the earth, and it's not. It's the it's the Shemitic people that that descended from from um, Adam through Noah through Shem. It's the Shemitic Empire, and 
we were called the we were called gods. We were master teachers. That's how we understood it. That's what we understood the the, the term to mean was master teachers. Now, obviously, other people thought it, we were deities. They thought we were angels. They thought we were extraterrestrials because because ancient magic is modern day science. Ancient magic is ancient science. It's all it was was science. So we take that for granted. But you got to understand, seriously, uh, Stephon Curry, the basketball player. Now, listen to me good. If you don't know Stephon Curry, just go look him up on YouTube and watch him shoot the basketball. Okay. Now, to somebody that's primitive, that looks like magic. But to Stephon Curry, is scientific and mathematical. He he's a he's basketball in itself is mathematics and science. It, we just look at it as just it's just a game, but really it's science because you gotta gotta be constantly. Using math, how how do you th- how do you throw a ball like a hundred feet or fifty feet away into a small hole like that? We take it for granted, but you can understand when you are accurate with it. That means you have to have you have to study and understand wind velocity. The weight of the instrument that you're uh, that you're using to throw, you got to understand the weight of the ball. You got to understand the, the speed, the distance. That's math. We take it like it's not. So, so if you say if if you people are going to think that if they're primitive, they would say, "Man, this is magic power." You know, this is magic. How do they do that? It's magic. Well, really, it's science and it's, it's second nature to us. Hey, right. Brother Priest. Sir. Back in the day, um, there used to have been a little cartoon on ETV. It was like this little, uh, these little group of kids and and these aliens, they keep going out of town to these different places. And um, they said that. Um, they was playing basketball. It was creation of basketball, and they was doing the the, the whole dia- dynamic and uh, showing the wind. Um, the the they were just doing measurements and all that kind of stuff when I was young, and I was trying to pick pieces together, understand what they're talking about. But now I'm actually really truly getting what they actually was talking about. You know, giving it the basic science, and I yield. What was the name of that brother? I'm going to look it up, and I'll, I'll let you know in a second. Okay. I, I've never heard of that, but that sounds interesting, and it might be something we might want to share with our children, because if you remember it and it's teaching science, that's a good thing. So um, anyhow, we understood that we were the direct bloodline from the Most High Almighty. We were formulated 
do you know that we're the only people on the earth that uh, that get ashy? Other other people don't, and it's because our body comes from the earth, and we're the only people that whose actual bodies come directly from the earth as we were molded and shaped by the thoughts of the Most High into physical form. We're the only people that experienced that. We understood that we were the sons of God, so to speak, sons of the creator. Okay. We refer to ourselves from Adam all the way up to Abraham as that. We refer to ourselves as that after that. So Abraham, his son was Isaac. Isaac's son, well, Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. Jacob changed his name to Israel. Israel, you will hear it mean prince of power. Remember this. That's one of the that's one of the definitions. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to that definition because it's easier to comprehend. The term God, lowercase G O D, master teacher. In connotation, it meant master teacher, meaning in common usage. That's what I mean. Amongst us, it meant master teacher, not a deity. The term God was replaced with the term king. Okay. The term Christ was synonymous with the term king, so Christ and king meant the same thing. Now, a king is keyed. All of the children of Israel were kings and queens. Excuse me? Did you say key? K-E-Y-E-D? Key? Correct. Correct. The king is keyed. The queen is cued. The king has the keys to this ancient knowledge passed down by birthright. But then he has to be qualified because sometimes the people that have the information are not always qualified. But he holds the key to the ancient knowledge, which means literally, literally, you could be looking at something and not, and you think you know what it is, but it's not what you know. There's a whole different set of knowledge behind it. And only the ones with the, with the keys can unlock it. Only the ones that know law. And I don't mean just, you know, don't blow the stop sign. I mean the spiritual and natural and 
the formation of governmental law, all are one. And those who know the keys have always been the rulers of the earth. It was originally intended for us to maintain rulership, but we taught our students so that when we could, we first saw that we were going to fall, uh, you know, Abraham knew we were going to fall, but we put stewards in place, stewards of our own people and then stewards of foreign nations. This is important. So the term God was replaced with the term king, which was synonymous with the term Christ. So a king would be a Christ. Now, I'm not talking spookism and religion. I'm talking uh, an office in government. Okay. Um, Shane, is that making sense? Yes. Um, every if we look, yeah, through government. This is government, so we're looking at it through the eyes of the law and how we operate um, through law. It had nothing to do with religion. Uh, we we really haven't dealt with that, and that's why we're chosen. So I I see, brother. Oh yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Because because remember, you you don't want your mind to start getting into some type of um, self-worship or, you know, people worshiping you because that is the tree of the knowledge of doing evil. All of that worship me stuff and I'm a deity, that that's that other tree that you ain't got no business eating of. And when I say eating of, I mean conceiving of that, taking that in, consuming it, consuming that thought, and then be you are what you eat. So the, the, when you consume those types of thoughts, then you become those things that you're thinking. And when you become those things that you're thinking, you've eaten of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the, the fruit that you're going to bear is going to be wickedness. This is why these Hebrew groups that are out here with this heinous doctrine that are twisting a whole lot of things, this is what's going on. This is what's going on with world religion in general, but it, I want to point them out to us, you know, not to attack them, but to understand them. All right, so the word God became king. Now, what the son of a king is called what? Um, Montavious, what do you identify the son of a king as? Okay, a prince. So that means wherever you see the word son of, the word son is prince. Prince of. Okay? So if he's a prince, then he has a father who's a king. And when his father is no longer in uh, authority, that means that he becomes the king if he's qualified. All of us were kings and princes. 
and queens and princesses. But if you have one centralized figure over us, then he's going to be the king of kings. And if king is synonymous with Christ, then that means everyone that was the authority figure over the nation would have been considered Christ. I hope that seeks in. Sister Shanice, does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, the last time you were speaking on Christ and how I meant King, I had looked it up, and I believe Webster eighteen twenty eight, and it kind of explained that um, a lot of people confuse Christ with King. So I had kind of looked into this before. Well, after the last class, you mentioned Christ being a King. Yes, man, because it's literally defined as anointed, but an anointing is an inauguration into an office. So it's the the office is King. So David was was a Christ. Okay, now this what I'm about to say will destroy ninety nine percent of world religion. What I'm about to say, David would have been considered Christ, and because Christ was synonymous with King and king was replaced with God, then naturally David would have been God. I hope you all get it. Bradley, you get it? Yes, sir. It's just the, uh, how things are passed down through translation. Really? And now our names change from sons of God to Hebrews, to Jews to Hebrews. The same way with that term from God to King to Christ, that are you. Thank you, brother. Yes. Now, what I'm saying is you cannot go out here and talk to these people about this. Don't try, because what you're going to do is mess your life up. If you do that, I'm just telling you right now, you'll mess your life up. They're going to be saying crucify him. They're going to plot against you. They're going to secretly hate you. You have to know how to deliver it. And even then, when you do deliver it, you're still putting yourself at risk. But you got to know how. And that means you got you to keep rising in your comprehension as you stay in this nation. So if David... Was would have been the king. The problem with us as Israelites is that Saul was the first king. He was a Benjamite. David was the second king. He was Judahite. So the scepter passed from Benjamin to Judah. So all the Judahites would have been kings, i.e., they would have been. I'm going to say it this way, potential Christ, because there is degrees of understanding of what Christ really means. Hopefully I won't forget to go over it. 
because there's there's a, it's a degree of knowledge that you got to understand about Christ also in order to be qualified. Okay, now, if David is a king, is a Christ, is a God, that does not mean worship David. Worship David. That doesn't doesn't mean that David was a deity. He he was he is and was worshipped as a deity. But the problem is after his son Solomon, David had many sons, but the, the one that was qualified was Solomon. After Solomon, now the Judahites they they all crazy as hell. Excuse my my language. They're crazy, particularly Solomon's son. He was crazy. He was young and just a knucklehead. But anyhow, they're crazy, right? Got all these, they're making mischief. So the promise that was given to David was that there was going to be Christ to sit up on the throne. Now, this is the, the promise. Actually, I'm going to get it out to scriptures. But this is the promise that's made to David that Christ will sit upon the throne. But what does it mean? It means that somebody that's in that state of mind that has the keys of knowledge that um, that un- that is qualified and that is born in the tribe of Judah was going to be a king again. Now, what happened was there was a several hundred years that we had kings over us, and they were just lousy. <laughs> okay, not, not not all of them, not all of them, but the majority of them. Okay, the majority of them. And really, it was Judah's fault that the tribes split the kingdom of Solomon. Anyhow, I'll go into that later. But um, so naturally, the scepter is in the hands of the tribe of Judah. It's going to stay in the hands of the tribe of Judah. So there's going to come a time where Christ would return to the throne, but the Christ model, the Christ model was two individuals, Adam the prophet and David the prophet, King David. So if you weren't as if you weren't equal to David, you cannot be considered a Christ, even if you are the king. Ramya, did you follow that? Yes, sir. I'm I'm actually writing it down as you speak. Um, another thing that that show is called Cyber Chase, and um, another thing I was uh, looking up. Uh, this uh back in 1665 um where the surnames where you had they said the catholic um um what is it called the catholic uh roman roman catholics um where they actually wrote the, the king of france wrote a letter to the islands of uh to the islands of, of uh, what you call, which is now America, they was talking about the Louisiana um, Black Christian Code. Um, 
back then they they was talking amongst the what you call the Catholics or the Roman Catholics, uh, which they translated into uh seven the seventeen twenty four black Christian code. Um, they translated into the Christians that actually decree the the Jews from each colonies which uh confiscated them um amongst the, 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 the land. Um so it all played with the, the surnames and I'm only saying that because of what you actually talking about when it comes down to breaking down the understanding of, of the creator itself down to understanding who the Christ actually was and who the Christ actually is to where now we're standing to understanding who um, these Christ or the Messiahs actually was in our year. The, yeah, they they were they were descendants. They were Israelites. We eventually became known as Israelites. All right, uh, Acts two and thirty. Therefore, being a prophet. Now, this is talking about David. A prophet is the, is the mouth of God, the spokesperson of the Almighty. And kings were prophets and. You know, if you if you take that formula, you're gonna be able to see everything that's going on. It's it's everything that's going on in, on this entire earth is based on this. This is ancient, and if they call it Egyptology, um, if they call it Roman Catholic, they call it Buddha, Krishna, whatever. The the, the reason why. All of these different religions exist, and people think that this stolen from this is not stolen. It's the, it, you idiots! It all comes from the same people. It was only one group of people on the earth at first, and then they split out. They they had babies that went out all over the earth and kept their their same uh, knowledge. It's not stolen. People are dumb. Excuse me. <laughs> this stuff will make you dumb. Holy smokes! It's like, how, what what does it take? You, you you get all into this idol god worship, and then you gotta be the deity over over all everybody else, and so you start making mischief, and then throwing in lies and stuff into your story, and embellishing your story, and now you're the supreme almighty god. And get the hell out of here with this foolishness. Acts two, verse two, verse thirty. Therefore, being a prophet, meaning David, and knowing that God had sworn an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne, to sit on David's throne. The fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, means that the man is going to lay with a woman and produce a male child, and the male child was going to be a king and is going to sit on the throne and therefore would be king, would be a Christ, would be a God, master teacher. Anybody lost? Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Brother Priest, so you say he would be like 
in order to be a Christ, he had to be like David. So you're meaning uh, from the same bloodline as David and as far as the leadership that David had and the dedication um, that David had as far as his submission to the Most High? Yes, but there's some other characteristics. So I'm glad you said that because it just escaped my mind. So um, uh, thank you for that question. Okay. Yes, all those things about David. But also, he had to know how to formulate government, how to raise government. He had to know how to raise military, how to structure military. And he had to know how to handle commerce. Okay, so government law commerce were the key tools and meaning some people might be good at preaching. Some people might be good at military, strategizing. But you got to put all that together in order to become the actual Christ or to fit what the Christ should be, which is a replicant of David. Not, I don't mean a clone, but, you know, you got to be like David, having a lot of different skills in a lot of different areas. That's what it means. Does it mean that to the average individual? No. Does it mean that to religious people? No. The reason why it doesn't is because they do not know the culture. They don't know the culture. Some people like that are Jewish. Some some Jewish people know. Matter of fact, I, I think a lot of the Jewish people know it because they know more of the culture than anybody else, probably. Some Muslims know it because they know the culture. Don't the shame. Don't let me forget to come back to these Muslims. Okay, before we get off. Okay, now that means man has to lay with a woman has to produce a child. When the man lays with the woman and produces a child, that's considered an act of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will give birth to this child, this male child that would be hopefully the firstborn. And because you couldn't really tell if you lay with a woman, you got to think, you got to think, even today, if you lay with a woman and she has a child, you can go and look on the ultrasound, right? But you'll say, oh, it's going to be a girl. It's going to be a boy. Fine. But you really don't know what that child is going to be without an ultrasound. Now, there's some, you know, fables and some intuition things. Oh, the baby's sitting up high on your stomach. It's going to be this. Or the baby sitting down low is going to be that. You know, those types of things. Fine. You might be able to tell from that, but I'm saying really you don't know. So if that child, the firstborn comes out and it's a male child, understand today and yesterday, male children are rare. They are rare. Very, very rare. Today's world, they somewhere from 14 to 20 to 1 ratio that a, a male child is going to come out. For every 20 females, there's going to be one male. So it might have been more back then. But my point is, if you can see this as you're leading up to Yeshua, as this being a part of our culture, if you can see this, what you're going to see is 
wait a minute. So he had to be of the bloodline of David because the scepter was passed to Judah. He most likely, well, he had to be firstborn or most qualified male child. He then this spirit that came between between the, this king and his his consort queen. These are royal people, so their offspring is going to be divine. And if it's a male child, then he's eligible to sit on the seat of the throne of David, and therefore he would, if, if he qualifies, he would be a Christ. So if you can see what I'm saying, this is what's in the mind of the Hebrews. So once David is gone, we're looking for another David. He got to qualify. No matter if he if he's not of the tribe of Judah, if he's an Israelite, he got his characteristics have to be like David. David was great. David was greater than Solomon, and that's how we always viewed it. Solomon was maybe quote unquote wiser, but David was balanced. He was more balanced. Solomon comes. Solomon's gone. Solomon has a son. Now this guy goes and screws it up. Okay, so now we're like, man, I wish David would come back <laughs> because this guy here, he is lousy. He he is. This guy was. He was the damn devil. I'm just gonna say it <laughs> because he had no compassion. He had no compassion. Okay, just zero compassion for his own people. Zero compassion. All right. So then that started the problem. So you got a couple hundred years and we're still waiting on another David to appear. And we still ain't got another David yet. A couple more hundred years. Now you leading up to Yeshua's time whose mother and father consummated. The firstborn child was a male. Now, the other key point was um, the woman had to be a chaste. Listen to me good. The woman of the would-be Christ would have to be a chaste virgin, meaning she was untouched by a man, period. They had to have pedigree records to prove that she was untouched. I'm telling you the, the culture. You don't hear people talking about this because they don't know the culture. She had to be a chaste virgin with pedigree record. I'm not going to say a chastity belt, but damn near chastity belt because the whole thing was our culture protected our women. Over uh, over all cost, we protected our women. So now this chaste virgin, she also had to be a bloodline descendant of King David. So whoever these two are going to be, where there's a male, that that um, a, a a man that's a male who's a bloodline descendant of King David, tribe of Judah, and a female who's a bloodline descendant king of King David, tribe of Judah. And then they have to be conscious. She has to be a chaste virgin with a pedigree. 
They come together. The spirit is present. The Holy Spirit is present. And then the offspring would be a would-be Christ, a potential king. So that means the pregnancy was divine. The spirit, the Holy Spirit was with them when the child was um, being conceived in the intimate act. It don't mean that some angel out of the cloud, some disembodied spook came and shined on, on Mary and boom, oh, I don't know how she got pregnant. That's not what it means. Naturally, now listen, the key of the keys of knowledge or the key of knowledge is what <coughs> is what law is. So governmental law, natural law, just law itself is the key of knowledge. When you plug your mind into government law and commerce, and you understand that, and when you plug your mind into law, you understand that as above, so below. When you understand that, then you understand the key that is going on in courtrooms, court procedures, all of that is civilized behavior. So you hold a key. So that would mean anybody that's trained in law knows that, okay? So if they're attorneys, esquires, attorneys at law, lawyers, these are four different factions. They're not all the same. They operate the same, but they're different. Counselors at law, they have tools of law that plug you into the ancient thinking. They have to be taught how to think like that. That's what these bars, these, uh, what do you call those things, those school, attorney law school, that's what law school is. Law school is ancient. It didn't just spring up in America. That's ancient. The original law school goes all the way back to King Solomon. Now, Yeshua's on the scene. He knows what's going on. He was taught the keys of knowledge, the keys of history. He was taught his bloodline. So he knows that Adam, Abraham, or Adam and Abraham, they were called the sons of God. Abraham, Isaac, they're called Hebrews, but we still know of we know of ourselves as the sons of God. Isaac has Jacob and Esau. Jacob changes his name to Israel. Israel has sons, and the twelve sons of of Israel were set up into nations. And they would have been princes sons of Israel who would have been a king. Now, Israel means prince of power. Prince means son. So if the 
12 tribes of Israel are all princes of power. They're really princes of God. They're sons of God. That's why the word Israel has L at the end. L is representing God or Elohim. And that's why we frequently use this term Elohim privately, but everywhere we went, we placed it on land. We named the land after the Most High. We named all the property that we had. We said it belonged to the Almighty. We named ourselves as belonging to the Almighty. And we are the only ones that do that. Not only that, we're the only ones that were patriarchs. Everybody else was, was matriarchs. There was men taking on the last names of the women. You know they do that in Africa. Them Hamites, the men take on the last names of the women. We're the ones that take on the, the women take on the last names of the men. That started with Adam, by the way. That's how far back it goes. Adam, I give you this woman. You name her. So she had to take on his name. That's how long ago this was. Now, as, the, as Israel means the sons of power, princes of power, sons of might, sons of the almighty God. Israel means sons of God. Israel means the Elohim. So now, again, we're still identifying ourselves as the sons of God, but now it's called Israel. Okay? So now, once you get to the kings who are Israelites, all of them are the sons and daughters of God. Okay? One moment. I need to find this uh, scripture very quickly. I'm telling you, if you put this in your mind and you see, naturally, by the time you get to Yeshua, he knows that his bloodline are the descendants. They are the sons of God. He knows this. The people outside of him don't get it. They don't, they don't understand that. So if you come amongst other people today and you tell them, I am God, you say that to them, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. If you tell them, I am the son of God, they're going to look at you equally crazy. No, you ain't. There's only one son of God. That's Jesus. That's not what the Bible say. I know you believe otherwise, but it says sons of God from the beginning to the end of the Bible. There's tons of scriptures that keeps referring to us as the sons and daughters of, of the Most High, as the sons and daughters of God. So naturally, Yeshua understands that he is a bloodline descendant of the sons of God. He understands that he is a son of God. That is not spooky. 
It's not religious. The uncivilized, idolatrous mind has made mischief with this. And if you try to explain it to them, you'll be lucky if you can walk away from them with your life. Because if they don't try to kill you right then, they're going to try and plot to kill you. So if you have people that have created an offshoot Hebrew religion and started adding things into it like the white man is the devil, they're not dealing with the original faith. They got a whole lot of it, but they don't have they got a whole lot of mischief making in there. You try to go amongst going amongst Hebrew Israelites and telling them you are the son of God. Tell them you're God. Them Negroes will probably kill you on the spot. <laughs> so what do you think he was dealing with? He went amongst those same Hebrew Israelites uh, 2,000 years ago who were Pharisees, and he was telling them, hey, this is fulfilled because I, me, Yeshua, was the firstborn of two descendants of David. I studied from the time I was 13, really 12, but when he was 12, he took up a trade. When he was 13, he took up the law. Okay? I studied from 13 to 30. I was given, this is what he's telling these people now. I was given the, the keys of knowledge, the, the government law and commerce. So all this stuff y'all talking about is fulfilled. I, kn I know that might be hard to follow, but um, anybody got a question on that? Hey, brother, please, I got a comment. Okay. All right, and, and, and Acts, the second chapter, uh, 33rd verse, and I quote, it says, Therefore, being by the right hand God, I mean the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the, um, of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he had shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he has himself, the Lord said unto the Lord, I mean to my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make um, thy um, foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely the God, that God had made the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and the, and Christ. Everything that you said just now, that sums it all up right there. Now you. Yeah, if you can, if you got the eyes to hear and the, the ears to hear and the eyes to see, yes, it does sum it up. Because what I'm saying is, this is the original Hebrew faith. This is the original 
state of mind that they were in. And this is what the Roman Empire wanted to make sure that they tried to kill off. Because you can't, I mean, really, because the Romans are, they descend from Cain, and Cain killed Abel, and, and they are the Cain. They are in the state of mind of Cain. They've been making mischief ever since the beginning. They've been making lies ever since the beginning. They've been killing ever since the beginning. They Everywhere they show up, they kill, kill, kill. Because <laughs> it's the same mind. And they're still trying to kill their brother, which is us. But Seth replaced Abel. So Seth was the third-born child, and he replaced Abel, and then it passed on through Seth instead of Cain, and Cain was still jealous. He was the firstborn. He he should have got the birthright, but he didn't, and went to Seth. Now, I'm saying this thinking is what was in the disciples' minds. If you understand what I'm saying, the disciples were all Israelites. They understood that Israelite meant sons of God. They understood that the only thing that was is that we were the original people on the earth. Not any, we, we're not to deify ourselves. But they understood that. And the people outside of them didn't understand that. So when Yeshua was coming, talking about the kingdom of heaven, I'm not talking about heaven. Heaven is the universe. The kingdom of heaven is as above, so below. The kingdom of heaven is to rebuild the kingdom that we had at once, which was the kingdom of Israel. That kingdom got split. Then it became Israel and Judah. And then finally somebody comes along that has the same training and qualifications that we set up to become the Christ, King of Israel. But this was going to be called the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven was going to be all of us coming back together again. So none of you transgressors, none of you dogs, none of you idolaters and sorcerers and witches, none of you whores and tramps and harlots and pimps and drug dealers, none of you are going to get into this nation. None of you are going to get into these walls. We're going to set up a kingdom, and you're going to be put outside of that community. You will not be allowed in that community. And you come in this community playing them games, we're going to put you to death. So you, if you want to stay alive, you better go over there with them Romans. Because we're about to set up a new nation. That's what he was preaching. Now, I know what you hear in church. That's the same thing everybody has heard. And they've all been deceived. They have made it into fantasy worship. They have made it a bunch of myths, 
fables, and fairy tales because they are not in a proper state of mind. And when somebody who is still struggling with that, when they hear this kind of language, they get angry and they get volatile. They show how uncivilized they actually are. They show how their mind is not sound. So let me go back to Yahuwah again. The reason why we accepted the use of these terms is because Yahuwah, Jehovah, the Most High, these are attributes, not the name. We did not circulate the name publicly because we knew the people would make mischief with it. I can say it today, and I know that none of these people know what, what it really is. They'll say, oh, okay, that's the original name of God. Okay, cool. They don't really know. And you notice how how even today people stay away from that, that name, Elohim. They stay away from it. Because if you crack it, then you got to admit who these people are that are the original sons of God. They are the body of the Christ. They are the manifestation of the Most High into flesh and bone form. They are the ancient aboriginals, original inhabitants of this earth. And they were given the first, the first key of law, fear the Lord. They were given that. So, so, this is heavy. This is heavy. So, if you say Jehovah, which it's okay to say Jehovah, it's not okay to an idolater. Oh, see, you ain't even pronouncing it right. It's Yahweh. See, you don't know. Oh, okay. So Yahweh's the name of God, huh? Yeah, that's the name. That's the real name. Okay, well, you now know that it's not. It's an attribute. So do I go back and forth and argue with this guy and be like, look, that's not the real name. The real name is Elohim. No, I don't. Do I go out here and publicly put these these names out there like that? Do I go out there? Do you hear me going out there preaching Yahuwah? No. Because I know, soon as I do, that somebody's going to say, it's not Yahuwah. It's Yahweh. Then they're going to say, okay, I'll say Yahweh then. It's not Yahweh. It's Yahuwah. It's not Yahuwah. It's Yahweh. Then I say Yahweh. It's not Yahweh. And then they keep making vain repetition after vain repetition. They keep worshiping their pronunciation. Mm -hmm. They keep making their pronunciation superior to everybody. That is dangerous. That is dangerous, and it is wicked, and it is idolatry. 
So as soon as you get some information that you were unfamiliar with, and now you go out here with your chest all puffed up, and you want to create some followers, i.e. worshipers. So you want to build up, don't go over there and follow those guys. They don't know what they're talking about. We are the ones with the true pronunciation. We're the ones, we're the only ones with the truth. Okay, that could be true. Maybe there are one group of people with the only ones that you come in contact with that got the truth. But I can tell you this, it's not you that I'm coming in contact with because everything you do is divisive. Everything you do is so discord. And discord is an abomination. Those who sow discord amongst brethren is an abominable act because they are looking for reasons to be superior to one another. So in this nation, preserving this, what did we say to those who remember a couple of years ago when we first started? Some of you ain't been here a couple of years, but when we were first talking about this name and these Hebrew words, and if you run into somebody that says Yahweh, you run into somebody that says Yahweh, do not, don't treat them funny. Don't think anything of it. Just let it be what it is. We should identify ourselves in this nation to know where your training came from with the terms Yeshua, with the terms Elohim, but not to go or Yahuwah but not to go out there and throw these things out there and then start debating and challenging people. If you don't pronounce it like this, no, these are identifiers that tell tell you these are the Elohim Israelites, for real, the real sons of God, with the right mind. Not that we're above or different. This is the ancient knowledge being brought back. We're not above anybody. And I'm not saying that people don't have things of value, because they do. A lot of our people do have a whole lot of things of value. But the thing that they miss most of the time are the principles. The principles. Principles over everything. Principles over everything. So, we could accept the term of Yah or Jah. You got Israelites that that follow uh, Rastafari, and they say Jah. Well, I understand that's not the name. I understand that's an attribute. I understand you're using the J instead of the Y. Okay, I get it. Not the name, but if you think it's the name, cool. I'm not going to judge you for that. What are your characteristics? What is your personality. Do you reflect love and light and peace? Are you a peacemaker? Are you a war maker, a mischief maker, one who sows discord? Are you always backbiting, gossiping, 
talking about other people, slandering? Are you always trying to exalt yourself and what you teach above everybody else? Well, if you look at these religions, that's what they're doing. They're killing in the name of their God. Let me get get back on these Muslims. This is the last point I want to make. I know I said a lot, but I'm going to post this recording, so hopefully you took notes, but you'll be able to review it at a later time. Moses was a descendant of Levi. Levi was one of the 12 tribes, or one of the 12 sons that became a tribe. So Moses, Moses was a Levite, Israelite Levite, Levite Israelite. Moses married an Arab woman, Ishmaelite woman. And he married her before he was called to his mission. Her father, Jethro, Ishmaelite prince, Ishmaelite priest. Ishmael was the firstborn of Abraham. Isaac was the secondborn. But Ishmael, his mother was a Hamite. And she was a a servant concubine, concubine servant. But because Ishmael's mother was not a bloodline descendant of Shem, even though he was the firstborn son, rightfully, the birthright is not supposed to be passed to him. It's supposed to be passed to the woman, the the, seed, the uh, offspring that comes from the woman who's of your same bloodline. So Sarah was a descendant of Shem. And although Ishmael was born before Isaac, Ishmael's mother was a Hamite, so the birthright doesn't go to him. But because of that, there was a blessing left for Ishmael, the Hebrew faith was given to Ishmael. So the same things that I'm talking about during the time of what, where it became the word God was replaced with king, the son is replaced with prince. Is what the Ishmaelites were practicing because they were Hebrews. Now they weren't they weren't Israelites, so they didn't have the same responsibility of upkeep of this faith. 
but they had the Hebrew faith. So Jethro, Ishmaelite, was a priest of the Hebrew faith. And Jethro traveled with Moses and counseled Moses. During that time, there was a term that also is relative to the Elohim, sons of God, that term was called Musselman, M-U-S-S-E-L-M-E-N. What it meant is that the muscles, the bones, the genetic makeup of the aboriginals, the sons of God, their entire bodies, the whole makeup, the muscles and the tissues were born from the Most High. And they were referred to as Muslimen. And that's where you get the term Muslim. So Muslims tell you, Muslims tell you, I'm saying Muslim, M-U-S, L-I-M. The I-M means plural. Remember, whenever you use a Hebrew word, I-M at the end is plural, A-M at the end is plural. It's Muslim, Muslim. Not Muslim. Muslim is what the Arabs made into the religion of Islam. It literally meant the biological offspring of the Most High Almighty. That's what a Muslim was. That's what a Muslim was. It was not a religion. This is before the, the religion of Islam. This is centuries before. So if you run into a Muslim and they tell you, a matter of fact, let me ask Deshane. Deshane, have you ever heard that, that Abraham was a Muslim? Yes, they said Adam was the Muslim. They said Adam was the first. Uh, Islam was the first religion, and all of, us, of our prophets, our brothers and kings, were all Muslim. Basically, the, they say they were all Muslim. They were all of the Islam faith. Well, they're correct, but it's how, how do you translate it? If you translate it as an idolater, you're going to take it religiously. Islam mm -hmm. means as Islam means submission to the will of the Most High. It literally means submission to the will of the Most High. So was Adam one who submitted to the will of the Most High? Yes. Yes. Did he follow, quote, unquote, Islam? See, Islam is the Arabic word for submission to the will of the Most High. It means the same thing as what I'm saying, but the world is confused because ain't nobody here. Well, it isn't until today. This is who you are. This is your responsibility. You got to clean up this world religious 
babble. You got to clean it up. That's your charge. Look, and I'm talking male and female. It ain't just no man thing. That don't mean run out there and do it now, but that's our eventually what we got to do because everybody does not understand this. They don't understand it. The Arabs are, now they don't got off in the idols that I worship and stuff, but with, with that Islamic thing. But my point is what it was intended for was to bring them back to where they originally were during the time of Jethro and Moses and before. The Muslim is the Muslim whose body was molded and shaped and created in the muscles and tissues of the Most High. Excuse me, I'm losing my breath. They were shaped, molded. So, yes, they were Muslims in that sense, not the sense of what they call this idolatrous religion of today, no. Wow. They, wow. they were Hebrews. Ishmael got a blessing from Abraham. They were Hebrews. And then they went astray. And my point to saying that is there were other people on the earth who were not Israelites, but who were Hebrews. And when you know this, and you know the dirt that we've done to other people, there's no way you should be racist. When you know the dirt we've done to ourselves and you got the audacity to say somebody else is the devil and you ain't the devil, you are the original devil, if anything. Because Cain came from the same bloodline. So he was our brother. And although he's pale-skinned today, he was not that back in the beginning. And that ain't got nothing to do with some entire one body of people, one race being the devil. It just so happens to be that Cain is pale, pale-faced today and are these Romans, but, you know, that don't mean that all all Caucasian people are Satan, but I'll tell you this, the Romans are definitely the seed of Satan. <laughs> There's nothing else spiritually they are, and they show that. They have lied to the whole planet consciously. They know that that Jesus character is not Yeshua in the scripture. They know he didn't look like that. They know that what they teach in their churches is not what he taught. They know this. Now, I'm not saying that the people that follow that know, but these leaders, the, the high upper ones, the, the high upper ones in the uh, in the um, Vatican City, those are the Illuminati members. They know. They know. Now, one other thing, while it's on my mind, the all-seeing eye that's on the pyramid on the back of the dollar bill, the all-seeing eye, the Illuminati. Now, what does it represent? It represents that um, enlightened. It means it is this enlightenment, right? It means you're enlightened. Well, what does it really mean? 
to be enlightened. Well, I'm going to read it out of the scripture. Hold on. Uh, Let me go Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to read it, but everybody knows the story. Uh, I'm going to start at verse 15, chapter 2, verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day that thou eatest of it, thou shalt surely die. Right? Then in walks this serpent. And the serpent starts talking to Eve. I'm going to go to uh, chapter 3. Listen to this. Serpent's talking to Eve. Verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in that day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So they have taken this from Egypt, Hamites, who got the serpent on their head, who claim to be enlightened, who has the um, the uh, all-seeing eye because they're claiming to be deities all the way down to the Illuminati who have eaten of this tree and their eyes allegedly are open. So the Illuminati are the descendants of this serpent and this cane. And they're claiming to be conscious aware, woke. They're claiming to be gods, deities. I hope you all see it. All right. Hope oh, we got some out of this. Thank you for being here. Shalom, Shalom. Uh-huh.